This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Welcome. This is your host, Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win. And I'm here today with Pat Alba Craker, who is a business wealth coach, author, trainer, and speaker. She speaks on the topics of self-care, conscious living, and success practices. Pat is the contributing author in System Engineering for Projects, Achieving Positive Outcomes in a Complex World. She's also the author of the forthcoming book, Stop for a Hot Dog, 31 Soulful Practices for Women Entrepreneurs. Pat Alva Craker is an expert in working with women entrepreneurs who want to package their gifts, talents, and experience into offerings that grow their business. She's the CEO of Majestic Coaching Group and Majestic Exchange Investment Group. In the past, Pat owned and operated a 200-acre exotic animal ranch. Pat leads workshops, VIP sessions, and business and self-care retreats. So welcome, Pat. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I'm really grateful that, um, as you said, the universe connected so we can get to know more about each other. As I read through your bio, I was finding all sorts of interesting things that we can talk about that are not on our normal topics. So um, when you uh, heard the, the roar to win, which is resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness, what did you resonate with? I resonated with um, resilience. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I resonated with resilience is because as uh, women entrepreneurs, resilience is probably one of the most important characteristics that we need to have in, um, in our uh, set of talents, our, our tool bag, because we never know what's going to happen in a business and we need to be able to ride with the waves and handle the, the roller coaster that we're on. And when you're resilient, you're able to get through anything that happens with a very positive attitude and know that you're coming out of it for the better. Wonderful. Thank you very much. So um, tell me about your experience with resilience, please. Yes. Um, Many years ago, I was uh, diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. And I've got to say that was probably one of the most... uh, scariest experiences in my life. And I think what was scariest is um, that I didn't know whether that was going to be what killed me. Mm -hmm. And so um, I decided that that I was going to heal myself from Uh breast cancer. And I was going to go along with the traditional um, forms of treatment, which is radiation and uh, chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. But I felt that I had, uh, I had control over how I was going to heal and immediately just dove into alternative medicine. Uh-huh. And I started studying uh, how to change my diet, uh, what foods would, be help, would help me in the healing, which ones would not. I started studying oils, uh, energy practices, energy medicine. And it, for me, it was almost like a catalyst into the alternative medicine world. 
Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, really put my heart and soul and took some time off of my job and just focused on me, which was um, unusual because at the time I was working a job where I was uh, traveling 80% of the time and I was helping my husband uh, run our exotic animal ranch. And I was burning the candle on both ends. Uh, and it was, you know, it was something that just completely stopped me in my tracks and had me revisit my whole life, where I was going, and what really mattered. So for six months, I just focused totally on my health and surrounded myself with very positive people, uh, practiced uh, the alternative medicines that I had learned, and reached out to people who were subject matter experts, and really embraced that. I would come out of this healthy, whole, and that it was just part of my process. Mm -hmm. And the other important thing is that I chose uh, for breast cancer to not define me. Mm -hmm. uh, Breast cancer was an experience in my life. There was a reason that that this experience uh, is part of my journey or was part of my journey, and that um, I will take the lessons from this particular situation, help other women become a better person, and just move on and continue working on my specific path. Yeah, that's excellent. Yes. It's so easy to to get wrapped up into the, oh my gosh, I've got cancer. Um, I say say that from experience. So, um, and it's also... The, the fears and the traumas of, am I going to wake up from the anesthesia? Um, you know, is this what's, is this, am I done? And so mm-hmm. the mindset is so important, especially when dealing with uh, uh, really difficult illnesses like that. So I, I really appreciate and admire that you were able to figure that out. You know, it's, um, I'm a, I'm a believer that uh, ha- life happens for us and not to us. Mm-hmm. And when you, uh, when you have that kind of attitude, regardless of the, how traumatic the situation is, um, then you come out on the other side being, you know, coming out, you know, it's, you know I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. And that's really the mindset, like you said, that it goes back to, you know, I'm, I'm going to be okay. This is everything's going to work out just fine. You just stay positive and, and continue to move forward and see the bigger picture of my life. And I think when, when we do that um, as women, we're able to come out on the other side shining. Yeah. And when, when we, you know, is, I think it's almost everybody's normal tendency to immediately jump to worst case scenario. And, and it's, um, sometimes you have to just like forcefully take yourself by the shoulders and turn yourself around to go face the other direction. And it's like this, as you said, this is just an experience. What can I learn from it? How Mm -hmm. can it enrich my life? How can I then serve other people and help them in their process? As opposed to um, a lot of people can, you know, I'm a, a cancer survivor, but that isn't who I am. It's, my experience of what I had and what I did. I, and it, that's not to brag about either. It's not to go, Oh yay, I must, you know, it's just to say that was my experience. I survived cancer. Let's move on. 
I totally, um, I totally agree with that. And um, having that perspective in regardless of the severity of a situation is, um, I think it's key to living a fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. You know, when you say this is an experience, you know, it, it happened for a reason, I'm going to make the most of it and I'm going to move on. If we have that attitude across anything that happens, whether, you know, you're late to an appointment or it rains on your parade or, or something like cancer happens, just that attitude that you just shared is really makes uh, changes the trajectory of your life. Yeah, it does. So I really am intrigued by the title of your upcoming book, Stop for a Hot Dog, 31 Soulful Practices for Women Entrepreneurs. Where did you come up with a title like that? Um, When I was a teenager, my sister Corrine and I would go downtown with my cousin Yoli and Norma. And we lived on the opposite side of the town and we took the bus and we would just spend a morning downtown and we would go shopping at all the stores and we would try on clothes. Uh, 45s were popular then and I was a collector of music and we would uh, just really enjoy each other's company and do our shopping together. And before we would uh, wrap up our day and go home, we would go to this place called Coney Island. And they were known for their um, they were known for their hot dogs, and they were uh, across what we call the Alligator Plaza, which at the time had live alligators. Oh! So we would go. Yeah, we, you would never see that today in today's days. <laughs> but we would go. You know, it's time to go. Let's go have our hot dog. And so we would go to the Coney Island, and we would order our our favorite hot dog, and then we would just sit there and just really enjoy the morning. It, it was like taking a pause and reflecting on everything that had gone well, how much fun we had had, the people we had met along the way, and just to be in a, in a state of gratitude and appreciation mm-hmm. for the fact that we had this morning together. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's one of those, whether it's stop for a hot dog or it's stop for a chai latte or your favorite tea or your favorite a coffee, whatever that is, it's just taking that pause mm-hmm. to reflect on your day, what's gone well, and be in a, a state of appreciation. How do you do that when you're so incredibly busy and you're running from one project to the next or one appointment to the next? How do you take time? Because when you're sitting there, how do you get from, um, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be doing this, I'm wasting time? to appreciating what it is that you're doing? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, women, we're used to just doing mm-hmm. and doing and doing, and we don't take the time to just be. And for me, it comes down to having a self-care ritual that supports you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, uh, it, it can be as easy as at the top of the hour, you just take a pause and you get up and stretch and you ask yourself, what has gone well so far? Mm-hmm. And then just be in that moment and appreciate it for what it is and then go on. So I initially, you know, started with just a few minutes of that level of appreciation of fitting it into the top of my hour, making sure, you know, that I had a, um, a walk at the end of my day to just shake off the energy. 
And it's deciding that your self-care is just as, as important as the people that you're meeting with that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an appointment with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I have um, alerts on my phone that pop up periodically that just remind me to go take a drink of water because I, I sit at my desk or whatever it is that I'm doing and I realize, wow, I'm really thirsty. But if I set it, it's like, go get a drink of water. So I have to stop what I'm doing, get up and walk, which gives me the opportunity to stretch and everything, and then go get my drink of water, which is never in the same room as me. It's, it's got to be something that I have to walk for because, you know, I got to get in a certain number of steps or something and, um, and just kind of take a, breathe, a breath and breathe and have that even be a ritual. That can be something so simple as getting a drink of water. It can be so simple as anytime you have to get up, you could do an vacation like that. So that's really wonderful to have people concentrate on that. So how specifically do you help people? I work with women entrepreneurs who have an IT-based company. Mm-hmm. They used to work for corporate America at some time and had a, a specialty in the IT world. And they uh, started their business with that specialty. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is I help them package all their other talents and their gifts and their experiences into offerings that will delight their customers and will make them money. Mm-hmm. So I really tap into uh, what makes them who they are and allow them to really flourish in their business by looking at the parts that they have not previously looked at or appreciated. And so, in that, yes. So you have an IT background then? I do. I have 35 years uh, in IT with uh, companies such as IBM and Lockheed Martin Aeronautics. So isn't it a little bit of a, a strange um, juxtaposition that you are very, um, very much logic brain oriented and yet what your specialty is is to help people with the self-care and uh, the alternative opportunities to heal themselves. So it, it just kind of sounds like, wow, how did you get there? You know, it's a it, um, it, good, good question. You know, one of the things that I learned uh, during the, the, the time that I was working with Lockheed Martin is that they were, um, I was a very intuitive person uh, and have, have been all my life. And in corporate America, that sense of intuition and that's, that strong sixth sense was really not valued. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I just honored the left part of my brain saying, you know, Everything is analytical. It's all about customer requirements. It's all about the data. And when things didn't resonate, I, my voice, on the, my intuition was speaking to me. And I found that I was probably not the only one that was in a position where we were just not honoring all of who we are, especially our intuitive parts. And we're just making decisions and living our life from the left hand, uh, the left hand, yeah, left side of our brain. and when I would have that gut feeling that uh, I needed to go a a different way other than what the data was saying, I said, you know what, there's a better way of living. You know, I know that I have the strong sense of knowing that needs to be honored. And I have a, a, um, a really strong sense of spirituality. And 
it's about time that I start showing women and helping them acknowledge that they have a strong sense of intuition and they have an analytical side. And by the way, you can integrate both of those and be successful in your career and in your business. And when I started doing that, I saw big changes in my business and I experienced more fulfillment in my life. And so now I'm very determined to use, to help women uh, actually activate and, and touch uh, all of who they are in making their decisions and creating a life that they love. So you were in business for 30 years and you were also helping with an exotic animal farm. And, and I looked at the mm -hmm. reach 200 acres. Good heavens. So tell us just a little aside about what was that all about? Yes. Yes. Uh, so what happened is I, I ended up moving into the Dallas area, working with IBM. I got a promotion there. And uh, at the time, um, my, my first husband was working for IBM also, and I ended up meeting him there at IBM, and we got married. And he, it was like, um, it was marrying, uh, Old McDonald had a farm. <laughs> he was already in the ranching business. He had, he was, he had this specific uh, ability to really connect with animals. And I decided that I was going to embrace this aspect because I was very much a city girl marrying a country boy. Okay. And I went into the situation uh, just, just totally open uh, for the experience. And I, you know, I found myself, you know, helping them, um, you know, clean out the stalls, you know, feed uh, all the birds, nursing uh, any donkeys, feeding them with a bottle every two to three hours. And I just really learned a lot about life and even business through taking care of animals. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's an experience that very few people get to have, especially at that magnitude. Because in 200 acres, you could, you, you could easily raise over 400 animals, and we did. Mm -hmm. And it became, um, uh, we were very successful at it. And I have so many stories uh, related to ranching and raising exotic animals that uh, it's an experience very few people ha get, uh, get to have. And I still look back at it. Uh, and think back of all my favorite animals. I, I just love the potbelly pigs and uh, all the all the different kinds of chickens and uh, the donkeys that just um, you know made a big impression and taught me a lot of lessons. So mm -hmm. yes, an unusual combination. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. I have a lot of experience working with animals on farms and things. So it, it, that was one of the things. Like, oh, that must have been so much fun. So it was hard work, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So you were having your, your business or you were working in the corporate world and taking care of the animals. So that left for long hours during the day. Um, at what point did you discover that mindfulness was something that benefited your life? Yeah, mindfulness is, um, you know, when you're taking care of animals, you have to be fully present. Mm -hmm. You have to notice the little things that change from one day to the next. Oh, you know, um, Mona's she's walking differently today. 
Mm-hmm. You know, there must be some, she must have stepped on something or maybe she has a sticker underneath her paw or, you know, what did she eat that maybe didn't, you know, she's just not herself. So you being, as uh, I beat my heart in raising the animals was one that I needed to be so mindful of how I took care of them and be, because they totally depended on me. And I needed to see the subtle changes that showed me that they were feeling better now or they weren't feeling their normal self. Mm -hmm. So they taught me how to be mindful because it was my responsibility to take care of them and they were depending on me. And it was my mindfulness that was going to keep them healthy. Especially if they're nonverbal. Especially if they're not verbal. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a talk. wonderful opportunity. Yeah, it does. It teaches you. And you have to become aware of, of everything about them. It's, it is this kind of, I'm focused, I'm paying attention to you. I noticed that this is a little bit different than it was. How would we take that into our businesses? What I have learned is that in business, the way that we become mindful is that we embrace the present moment. Mm-hmm. The moment, the present is the is where we have our most power. And many of us, including myself, I've caught myself living a business day where I'm thinking about the past, a meeting that just occurred that I wasn't happy with, or something that's coming up in the future. And my energy isn't fully in the present, and so we don't have that power. Mm-hmm. So what I do now and what I encourage other women to do is to really take that deep breath and just really be conscious about your breath so that your breath actually brings you into the present moment mm-hmm. and know that your decisions from the present moment are really going to be the most powerful. And it starts with self-awareness. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I recommend for my clients is to, at every top of the hour, just take a moment take a moment and stop and ask yourself what's running through my mind mm-hmm. and become conscious of, are you thinking about the past? Are you thinking about the present or are you really fully present in this moment? And it's when you become fully present of what's happening in your mind is when you start making the shift of, you know what? I'm not, I'm not fully present. Let me bring, let me take a deep breath and let me bring myself back into the moment so that I can make my decisions from a point of power. Mm-hmm. And it is a habit that over time will empower you to the point that your life is coming from a point of being proactive versus reactive. Yes. And that's what we want. That's where the power is. When you can take a moment and stop and say, okay, I've got to, I can choose here to to shoot from the hip and be reactive or I can be fully present and allow the answer to come in and take a step with that foot, with that state of mindfulness and presence and start running my business that way. And it it is absolutely very powerful to be totally mindful. Yes. Most of it, um, I've discovered that sometimes when people think that the word mindful means that, that it's in their head, that they think, that mm-hmm. you know, they, they sit and ponder on something. But that isn't what it is because you get more of your information from your body than you do from your head. And so I've heard you, I've heard you actually say a couple of times today, I had this gut reaction. Mm-hmm. So that's being aware of your body. And when we walk into a room, we can tell 
what the energy is of the people in that room be through the body, not the head. So it's really important. Yes, it is. And you know, one of the things that I truly believe in is connecting the head, the heart, and the gut or the intuition to really make decisions from that space. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, Michelle, when you do that, you're really honoring the body and what it says. You're honoring your heart, which is where we should make our decisions from, really, and really trusting the gut that whatever feeling we have, again, going back to the body, whatever that gut feeling we have, that we should really honor and follow that that feeling in moving forward uh, in our lives. Yeah. Uh, the HeartMath Institute, I'm a certified HeartMath trainer, and the HeartMath Institute, one of the things that they have discovered in their studies is that the heart can actually anticipate something before it shows up. And so, and yet we have a tendency to ignore what's going on in our heart. Our heart has a brain of its own. And that's where all of our intuition comes from. We think it comes in the head. It doesn't, you know, it's kind of like in here. And it doesn't, it comes from the heart. So reconnecting with the body and becoming more aware and more conscious is really important. So how do you help people uh, with resilience so that they can begin to connect with their body and their own intuition? So one of the, one of the problems that I became aware of is that through our, our, our training, high school, college, whatever that may be, is that we are not trained how to take a different, how to take a situation that's happened to us and look at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Or, in, or in other words, really reframing. And when I work with my clients and they have situations that have occurred to them and really for them, in my perspective, it happened for them, is to help them say, okay, so this particular, so you were, you were putting a, a retreat together and you found that um, it didn't sell out. And so now you're at a decision point where you have to cancel it or you really put in an effort to making uh, making this situation work out for you. So what do we, what if, instead of being in a position of panic, we actually reframe the situation and we say, okay, so what are we being asked to learn at this point in time? Mm-hmm. From this situation, what has actually gone right that we need to acknowledge? Mm-hmm. And where is the lesson? So I help them by asking them, uh, by having them, you know, just kind of step into the moment and ask them what went well in the situation, what lessons have you learned, and what is your next step? So that we get away from looking at a situation, whether it's uh, from a, a situation that we would consider a failure. And it's just another way to look at the experiences that are happening in your life in a way that serves you versus the work against you. And we're not taught how to do that. Mm-hmm. And through my training, I start teaching them how to look at situations from different perspectives and making the most of that particular experience in a way that serves them and the people that they love and that they also serve. And it really comes down to self-care because being, being, uh, being able to reframe, being able to be resilient in their business are self-care practices are self-leadership practices and i'm very um very aware that those fundamentals 
of uh, resilience, of self-care, of re-able and reframing are really, if you have those in place and are very strong, then whatever you're doing in your business, you're going to be very successful because you have a strong sense of constitution on how to look at life and how to reframe it in a way that serves you and how to go through the experience being a better person on the other side. And I help you do that. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, we need to take a small break, and we're getting an echo too. So we need to take a small break here, and then we will be back in just a minute. So come join us back. We are we are talking with Pat Alva Craker, and she's giving us some really interesting and important things about um, about resilience and how to be self care. And we're going to dive more into the self care when we come back. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win, and I'm here today with Pat Alva Craker, who's a business wealth coach, author, trainer, and speaker who speaks on topics of self care, conscious living, and success practices. So, Pat, you were talking about self-care. Let's delve into that a little bit more. And I liked that you said self-care and self-leadership. What do you mean by that? Self-leadership is the ability to uh, be your example. And when we talk about leadership in corporate America, you say, well, you want to be the example for other people so that they can see what a, a strong leader looks like and how they, you know, in, um, uh, motivate and um, instill and inspire um, others. Well, when you lead yourself, you need to do that to yourself. You need to motivate yourself. You need to know your why. You need to know what gets you excited about what you're doing in your business. And you're the one that is going to be the example for yourself. So you take a look at how you make your decisions, how you take care of yourself, how you manage your time, and how you manage your energy. Those are all different elements of self-leadership. So if you don't manage your time well, you're not leading yourself well. If you, don't, if you don't manage your time well, you're not really optimizing the opportunities that exist in front of you, mm -hmm. and, you're not, and you are not doing life management. That is correct. That's how I see it. Time management is really life management mm -hmm. and being able to prioritize how you spend your time to move you forward in your life. Well, what happens if you're just banging around on Facebook and you kind of fall into the black hole? <laughs> 
You know, that's one, that's an interesting uh, comment because that's become one of the biggest stressors in people's life is the, the, the amount of time they spend on Facebook. You know, one of the things that I talked about earlier was the, the self-care. And when I work with my clients and we talk about uh, self-leadership, I ask them to create a ritual for themselves mm-hmm. that allows them to start with a really powerful, energetic step into their day. So this is the first thing? It happens like first thing in the morning? It happens like first thing in the morning. So, And the reason that I say first thing in the morning is because um, you can have all chaos break out in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. but you are in full control of how you start your day and how you end your day. And so I encourage my clients... I want you to start, even if it's a six-minute ritual every morning, I want you to focus on several things in your your day. First of all is, what are the three most important things that you need to do in your day? Mm -hmm. When they identify what those three most important things that they need to do that will move their business forward, guess what? Surfing on on Facebook is not one of those. Mm -hmm. I ask them to... Visualize what their day is going to look like, the outcomes of their meetings and their interactions with people. What are they going to do physically to move? How are they going to feed their soul in the process? And just what will it take to actually invest a little time in yourself, whether it's reading or a podcast, like listening to this podcast, to really set a strong foundation to the way you start your day? When they start doing that on a consistent basis, the time wasters like Facebook fall to the side because now they're very focused and structured on how they want to lead their day and what they expect their, the outcomes of their day to look like. And rarely is, is working on Facebook part of that agenda. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, like I said, it can be as easy as six minutes. And after people start seeing, you know, this dramatic uh, change in their life, it can grow to something more than that. And and for me, I started at six minutes, and now I'm at an hour. And I'm very focused on on what I do and the most important things that I need to do and feed my soul. Um, get exercise, visualize, journal, all those things for me, make a difference in the way that I start my day and how it ends and how it ends because I'm, I'm in my more empowered state and I can make better decisions and I'm coming from, from a strong sense of uh, intuition and heart and I really guide my clients to really work from that, from that place so that they don't waste their time doing things that really don't serve them or don't move, don't move them forward in their business. Well, okay, so you're talking about this time that I would have to take apart from my already really busy day. So imagine you've got somebody who's got a career and they have a family and they um, are just look at the, the self-care as one more thing that they have to do. They have to get up earlier, which means they have less sleep or whatever. Mm-hmm. So how do you encourage people who feel that they're too overwhelmed to add one more thing, even if it is only six minutes? Yeah, it's, it's a fair question because I get that question a lot. So I see our business as I am my business and my business is me. 
if I don't care, if I don't take care of myself, my business isn't going to thrive. Mm -hmm. If I don't fill my cup first, then I won't have the energy to really take care of my family and my friends like I really want to. Mm -hmm. So it begins with us. And I know a lot of women put themselves last. And some point in time, the body will speak and will say, time out. And what I'm saying is, if you don't take care of you, who's going to take care of you? Right. It has to start with you. Even if it's six minutes, you have to put yourself on the top of the list so that you can take care of your family and take care of your business. It's that important. I think people really struggle with the idea of self-care because we have been socially trained for probably centuries that self-care is selfish. Mm -hmm. And I think I would, I would agree with you on that, Michelle, that, that that's, uh, we've been raised with that belief mm -hmm. that really no longer serves us. No, it doesn't because you can only burn the candle at both ends for so long before the body just says, I'm done. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yeah, that causes serious problems for people and it causes problems in their relationships and in their business. And isn't that interesting that, that we think if we pour our heart and soul into our business, our relationships or whatever, that they will be okay and neglect ourselves and by doing that then our businesses and our relationships begin to fail yes they begin to suffer mm -hmm. and it's so true so how do you um encourage people to take those six minutes how do you how do you get them to see the light one of the quick, one of the key questions that I ask um, that I ask my clients when they come and talk to me and they they're overwhelmed and they don't have work life balance, you know, I say, you know, if you don't start with six minutes, even if you just start today, and you choose to, you know, pass yourself up on the list, where will you be a year from now? Mm -hmm. Honestly, where will you be a year from now if you don't make time? to take care of yourself mm -hmm. and it makes them stop and think because because this is one of the reasons that you came you came to me as a client was because you don't have balance and you're not really enjoying your business like you used to so you have to weigh in on yourself and say do i matter in this situation enough that i'm willing to take six minutes mm -hmm. and it's discussing you know let's take a look at how your own day your, uh, your day unfolds today and I help them um, I help them see where they're spending their time mm -hmm. and I actually take them through an exercise and I say I want you for a month I want you to document how you spend your time from the time you get up to the end of the day I want you to document and then we will sit down and we will go through your entire day and we're going to find spots in your day where your time isn't really being used effectively and efficiently or where you have a spot where you can actually put in a little bit of self-care right here mm -hmm. and when you bring awareness to how they're spending their time then all of a sudden an aha will will um, occur and they'll say okay now that I know what I'm doing I do have space here or here or here in my day 
and it's one of making a decision of you know what's really important and really when they look at their day i'll just you know i'll ask them i said is this task really necessary you're taking on things that probably aren't in your uh, zone of genius mm -hmm. that maybe you can eliminate and create a space for you to just take 15 minutes and go get a coffee and sit and enjoy it mm -hmm. so it's an awareness of their time it's an awareness of where it's not efficient and it's an awareness of if you don't do this, what do you think the consequences will be? And uh, at some point, if you don't choose, your body will choose for you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those are very serious conversations. And yeah. another are and others, it's just seeing them bringing uh, the awareness of how they're living their day, and they're saying, "No, you're right. I'm, you know, I, I do have a pocket of time here." I do. Have, I don't have to do this, or I'm no longer going to volunteer and do that kind of work. And they start seeing it for themselves, and then slowly that shift starts to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wonderful. So, what does a, a resilient woman look like? The one thing that I would say is that she believes in herself. Mm -hmm. A resilient woman believes in herself and she know, and she has the confidence and the awareness that whatever she has to go through, however simple or traumatic it is, that she knows within her that if she goes through the process of the experience that she will come out, out on the other side much stronger. Mm -hmm. A resilient woman also has a strong support group. They have a number of women that they go to or men that they go to, a combination, that they can actually go and grief, let their hair down, ask for advice if they want, but they have a space to actually go through the emotions of what just happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really uh, important. Uh, it is. Community, I, I believe, I seriously, I just went through a really significant trauma and I believe community saved me. So uh, we have a tendency to have these negative experiences and, and we withdraw mm -hmm. rather than going to that community because of shame again, I guess, or, you know, what will they think of me? And probably they will think that they're honored that you trusted them to come to them and have that conversation with them. So we always have a tendency to think that people are going to think the worst part of us instead of giving them the benefit of being generous people. Yes. And I, I think I totally agree with you on that. Uh, I think another characteristic of a resilient woman is that um, she, knows, she knows when to say no mm -hmm. and she knows when to quit. Tell me about that. There are times... Um, And I'll, I'll give you, and I can really re, re, uh, relate, relate this to one of my clients who, um, she's an IT uh, consultant. And so Karina had a, has a lot of gifts. And she was doing web design. She was doing cybersecurity. She was doing process management. She was doing networking. And she had herself all spread out. And she was trying to take advantage of everything that she knew and put it into offerings that would help her community. Mm -hmm. And I came back and I said, well, let's have a conversation of everything that you're offering. 
you know, which of the things that you do really bring you joy? Mm-hmm. And she said, my creative part. And, then, and that is what? Because it's my web design. Mm-hmm. And I said, what if you chose to just focus on web design and quit doing the other work? Mm-hmm. And just do a pivot. And just say, this is a passion that I have. This is what I'm really good at. This is what makes me happy. And you know what? We're going to quit offering these others mm-hmm. and just focus on what brings us joy. So being able to say, you know, I'm going to quit doing this kind of work. I'm going to pivot. And it's okay. I may have been doing this for X number of years. But now I have more clarity of what I want and what I want to do. And it is okay to stop mm-hmm. doing what is no longer serving you. And being aware of it and making the choice to do it. Okay. In that case, it sounds like she was um, becoming more focused on a target audience for her her business, which is a way to um, actually become more effective as yes. an entrepreneur. A lot of us have a tendency to think, I have all of these skills and all of these, I can help anybody. And when you do that, you end up not being able to help anybody because it just doesn't work that way. So, um, but how do you make the determination between quitting certain aspects of your business versus quitting your business altogether? Like giving up, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Well, a resilient woman, first of all, never gives up. (laughs) (laughs) A resilient woman never gives up. Everything in life happens for us. And so there, you know, you know, having that question of, of um, giving it all up or just giving part of it. And re- it comes down to uh, accepting that in your business, you're going to have, uh, you're going to be in a roller coaster. Some days are going to be good. Some days are going to be bad. And you are going to have that moment when you say, you know, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. This is a guy, this is a terrible day. Why am I in business? And what I find is when you have a strong why, uh-huh. you have a strong why in your business, then you are able to ride the roller coaster. You are able to know that the impact that you're making is purposeful and you make the decisions that align with that why. Mm-hmm. When you have a strong why, you're able to just keep going you know, put your boots on, you pull yourself up with your bootstraps and keep going. And at some point, your intuition may tell you, you know, this particular offering, you know, I need to pivot here or I need to embrace something new because that's the other thing that's part of being resilient is sometimes you embrace something new and you give your opportunity a chance to experiment. Mm-hmm. As entrepreneurs, we are experimenting every day. So when you have a strong why, it's, it's really hard to really just give up. Unless you, part of your why is that you're getting, you'll get your business to a certain point and that you will have a purposeful exit of your business, either to sell it or just to solely retire it. But that it would be a very mindful decision to just quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, a very different thing than just throwing in the towel and running for the woods. Yes. So, Pat, thank you. We've really enjoyed having this conversation with you today. And how can our listeners get in contact with you? My website is www.majesticcoachinggroup.com. 
I'm also on Facebook under Majestic Coaching and on LinkedIn under Majestic Coaching. And we've talked so much about uh, self-care, Michelle, that um, I'd like to offer a gift. Oh, so great. that you have an experience of what it's like to work with Pat. Mm -hmm. That would be great. And so you know, I mentioned the website, MajesticCoachingGroup.com slash free gift. We'll cover five of the other self-care practices outside of the ones that I covered today. Mm -hmm. And when you go to my website, you can also request some time for a discovery call. Uh -huh. And um, just really uh, connect. You can reconnect via uh, Facebook um, messages. And just, you know, we can have a further discussion even on just what we're just talking about here, Michelle. So it's Majestic Coaching, MajesticCoachingGroup.com slash free gift and Majestic Coaching Group on LinkedIn and Facebook. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today, Pat. I really appreciate the um, insights that you've given us and the, the tips that you've given us. And I'm certain that some of our listeners will have found that very valuable. So thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate you, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today as we learned happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.